What's up, bitches? This is Ruby Rays, your dad's favorite wrestler, and you're listening to the Atomic Podcast. Intellectual stimulation by way of mobile devices. Welcome to another exciting episode of the Atomic Podcast. And here is your host of the show, Efren Guzman. Intellectual stimulation by way of mobile devices. Welcome to another exciting episode of the Atomic Podcast coming to you live from Delavan, Wisconsin, where I blow up the news on a verbal scale. I am your host, Efren Guzman. My guest today in the quarantine edition of the show, it's been a while since she's been on a few years. Uh, my fellow Capricorn girl, the equal opportunity ass kicker, Ruby Rays. Ruby, welcome back. It's been a while. And how you been doing? It's been a while. I'm doing okay. Can you hear the plane flying overhead? Because I hear it now. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. No, it's okay. It's okay. Um, it's been a while since we talked. I know it's been like a few years, and I know a lot of things have been happening with you. But before we talk about quarantine and coronavirus, like um, for the past couple of years, what's been going on with you? How you been? Oh my gosh. Well, I've been okay. I haven't been the best. I haven't been the worst. Wow. Um, okay. Do you remember? Can you can you tell me when was the last year we spoke? Ooh, it was like probably four years ago. It was a while ago. Like twenty fifteen. Yeah, like around that time. Yeah. Wait, what year 16? are we in? <laughs> 20, <laughs> yes, right? yes. This is the this is the years of virtual graduations and Zoom. So. <laughs> oh man, I don't even. I can't even realize the year. Everybody hated on 2017, 2018, 2019. Yeah. And then we got 2020, so, yeah. Uh, what what has what has um, changed for you, like, health-wise, wrestling-wise, like, you know, since the last time we talked, because it's been a while, but what has changed for you? Oh, man, so much has changed. The 2015? Oh, yeah, well. The whole world has changed. Everybody's <laughs> world has changed. But, yeah. Yeah, definitely mine has changed. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I guess uh, we could start with, well, you said health-wise. Um, health-wise hasn't been the greatest. Oh, really? Hasn't been the worst either. Um, 2017, I actually had um, quite a bit of health issues, which were not related to wrestling. It was uh, apart from wrestling. I had been doing a lot of traveling at the front end of 2017 um going to texas coming back going to indiana coming back it was a lot of like three days gone two days back four days gone one day back three days gone you know a lot of really back and forth back and forth back and forth throughout the whole spring and then when i got back and i was going to be home for a while i was here and Hudson Envy, I don't know if uh, you know Hudson Envy, but yeah. she was a she was a wrestler. Um, she was here coming to visit me one day, and um, she wound up taking me to the emergency room because I urinated blood. Oh. And what the ER wound up telling me was that because I had been traveling so much, and I did attest to this, I was very dehydrated because I'd been on the road so much. And it's not only dehydrated when you're on the road, you know, obviously you're not really drinking a whole lot of water. You're traveling here and there. Um, you're probably having, you know, mixed drinks, alcohol, uh, beer, 
water, Gatorade, you know, but probably, you know, you're not going to be very hydrated. Um, gave me some IVs. They sent me packing. And then that, a couple months later, I was doing the same thing again, traveling a lot, and I wound up um, urinating blood again. Oh, sure. <laughs> and so I went back to the ER. And, um, by the way, this is the first time I'm actually talking about this to anybody. So you have breaking news. Wow. Um, okay. Uh, so I wound up going to the ER again. And this time they said, well, who told you that you were dehydrated before? And I said, well, I told them about my traveling and they said this was probably it. And when you're not drinking a whole lot, you know, the walls of your kidneys, uh, sorry, the walls of your bladder and all this become basically um, sensitive. Mm-hmm. And so they're like, no, whoever told you that, you know, they, they weren't right. So they put me that night in a CT scan and they saw that I had a mass in the drainage ditches from the kidneys to the bladder. Um, so they said, you know, you need to go see a urologist. You need to go have more, you know, a probe done, this and that, blah, 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 blah. Long story short, they figured out that there was a mass um, when they did the thing where they put the camera inside you and look around. Yeah. They determined it was um, tumors. Oh, wow. So that was, by this point, it's October yeah. 2017. And I was slated to go into an urgent surgery because where you have your kidneys, there's these tubes that run down from the kidneys to the bladder and bladder obviously out. But the tumors were in the drainage ditches, so if they got much bigger, they would start blocking off uh, the flow of urine. Mm-hmm. So I had to go to an urgent surgery. Um, that was going to be early December. Um, so basically, I, uh, they were giving me about a month's time. Right when I was getting ready to go into surgery here in California, we had the outbreak of the Thomas fire. Uh-huh. Well, where I live is about a mile from where the Thomas fire starts. Oh. <laughs> and this is the, the fire that is uh, heralded as the biggest fire in California so far, or at least Southern California. Yeah. Um, so I was evacuated on night one. And this is literally days before my surgery. I live less than a mile away from the hospital that I was supposed to do it at, so the hospital was evacuated. Um, so we had to push back my surgery, this and that. Upcoming, I had so many things coming up. I had the debut show for Ground Zero here in San Diego. I had a championship, a heavyweight championship match in New Orleans for Luke Hawks at Wildcat Sports. I was supposed to be going back to Texas. I was supposed to be working for Rise, who was connected to Shimmer. So I had to get a hold of all of these people and basically tell them that I don't think I could do your show, so let me go ahead and call out of your show because I don't know what's going to happen when I go into surgery, and I don't know what's going to be a diagnosis, and I don't know what's going to happen afterwards. And so the surgery was postponed. I eventually did get into surgery. I had the tumors removed. Um, that was interesting. <laughs> and, um, by January 2018, which was literally a couple days before my birthday, I got 
the results back, and the tumors were deemed cancerous. Oh. So um, that day when I did get the surgery, they did do one round of chemotherapy, and then that was it. I didn't have to do any more chemotherapy. They essentially diagnosed me with um, low-grade bladder cancer, which is what... Not what my grandma died of. My grandmother died of just regular bladder cancer. I, quote-unquote, was blessed that I had low-grade bladder cancer, which means it's not going to become aggressive. It's not going to um, spread to other parts of my body. And <laughs> wow. right after that, I got into a really bad car accident. So that was the end of 2017 into 2018. Wow. Oh, my God. So, Health-wise, that hasn't been the best. Um, Wrestling-wise, obviously, it took me time to recover, not necessarily physically, but mentally from all of that, because there's something about being told that you have to have urgent surgery and then being told that you have a form of cancer and then being in a... I got hit by a semi-truck and it destroyed my car. And all this is happening around the time of the Thomas fires, of this and that, and there's so much going on. Um... It took me about a good year to recover from that, not, and like I'm saying, not physically, it it was all mentally, because it it was just, it was so hard at that time. And doing all this by yourself, you know, I wasn't dating anyone or anything like that. It's just, it's rough, man. Things like that are rough, and you really begin to realize who's there for you or who's on your side. You know, a lot of times it's family. Yeah. It's family, be it blood or not blood. It's your family who will be there for you. Oh, wow, that's tough because shit. You know what I'm saying? Like, if it's not, you know how they say when things happen, it happened like a domino effect. It seemed like it happened like a domino effect with you. Oh, it was absolutely a domino effect. I mean, wow. how could you how could you explain? Um, you know, coming down with tumors and then being cancerous and then. Oh, I also got a really bad infection from the surgery. Great, that was awesome. And then right after I get told that it's cancerous, then I get into a really bad car accident because I get hit by a semi truck, and I got whiplash from that. And I still have to wrestle, and I'm still—I well, don't have to wrestle, but I'm still <laughs> trying to make my life normal and wrestle. Yeah. And this is also at the given point where um, a ten-year-long relation of relationship of mine is ending. And everything, man. It was literally one of those things where, oh, what else will go wrong? Yeah. Okay, because at this point, it just becomes humorous that everything is going wrong. And uh, I don't don't know. I I thought it was humorous at some given point because, man, what else could go wrong? (laughs) I'm saying especially by being hit with a semi-truck dad and being, you know, having having a, the end of a 10-year relationship, especially with emotions are involved, it's like your whole mind must have been all, like, fucked up in the head and whatnot, right? Oh, obviously. Like, like I said, it took me a good year at least to recover from it. It wasn't until January of 2019, which was about the one year off of my diagnosis, I went in for my checkups, and I'm was free and clear of tumors. I still am as of this year. And uh, that seemed to be like a bell in my head that it's going to be okay and I'll be all right. You know, that's a whole freaking year later. Well, that's awesome, though. At least you're okay from that. How about uh, your status relationship-wise? You still single or? Oh, yeah, definitely single. You don't, 
well, for me, I don't come out of a 10-year relationship and even remotely try to date because 10 years is, you know, pretty much all your adult life. Yeah, yeah. So you come out of that, or at least I came out of that, wanting to just be by myself and figure out who you are again because you lose so much of yourself in relationships. Not that, you know, not that that's necessarily a bad thing because you go from the you to the we's, you know, we like this, we like that, you know, it's all compromised. And it's not, not a bad thing, but it's nice to figure out that after these 10, 11, well, it was actually 11 years, after these 11 years, who, I, who am I? Who mm-hmm. am I that I've grown up? What do I like? What things still attract me? Yeah. What things am I still interested in? Yeah. Have, have you have you learned to find who Ruby is out of coming out of that? Like, did you learn to find out who you are? Because you know how it is when you're, because trust me, I've been there. I've been, I've been, I've been out of a 15 year relationship. So I know. So it's like, it was always hard to find the identity of who you are or like what matters to you. Because like you said, everything was a weed thing. We like this together. We binge watch this. We shop like this together. We go to here to eat. And then like when you have to do things by yourself, it's different because you're used to having somebody there with you. Have you found who you are now somewhat or? Oh, definitely. Yeah. It, um, that whole time where I was going through the health issues and stuff like that, I never spoke about it. And like I said, right now is the first time I've ever spoken about it to any sort of public deal. Um, I alluded to things I told after the fact. I told, you know, people that were closer to me or people that needed to know. Yeah. I told my trainer, Joey Chaos, because he messaged me. He saw that I was canceling out of all these shows and he wanted to know what's going on. Um, I told, you know, obviously my ex knew, um, it wasn't a whole lot of people that knew, but in that time I, I was falling into such a depression because of everything. I essentially closed myself off to everybody, which you really shouldn't do when you're depressed. And I'm saying this as someone who studied psychology. This is what I went to school for. This is what I got my master's in. Yeah. This isn't what you should do. But at the same time, I couldn't figure out another way. And in that solidarity, I was able to figure out more about me because there's no better time to understand who you are than when you're by yourself. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's true. Like, you know, I know, like, even for my case, like, a lot of things, like, it, you get scared to be alone because you have the fear of being alone. But um, have you, like, went to therapy because of that as well? Like, to, to talk with someone about the situation or is something you handled on your did. own? Yeah. Oh, you did? I actually did. Um, okay. It was for, during that time was the first time in my life that I ever actually experienced depression. Depression, how it is, not just like, oh, I'm not feeling the best today or I'm having a bad day. You know, a lot of people say that these are depression, but these are just passing things. This was a depression that consumed me wholly. Uh. It it, it wasn't good. And honestly, going through that was hard. It was so hard. And it makes me feel 10 times more now for people who have to deal with this on a regular basis i dealt with it in passing and it lasted a long time yes but people deal with this sort of thing on a regular basis and sometimes for the majority of their lives and i can't even imagine what that would be like and the strength that you have to get through those days because it was hard for me it was super hard and i'm uh i like to think that i have a strong mental command and i can pull myself out a lot of things but i couldn't pull myself out of this not for a while yeah and so 
to think that there are other people out there that deal with this throughout the majority of their lives is just heartbreaking. And it made me understand other people, I guess, um, on a different level because I went through it and though mine was passing and theirs was longer, mm-hmm. like it, it's just, it's, it's, it's eye-opening. I'd say it's eye-opening. Yeah. And it made me feel not better, but more, um, sorry, more in tuned with the struggles that other people have over what I have. I knew that eventually I would feel better. It didn't seem like it at the time. And it didn't seem like it when I would wake up with anxiety. I've never had anxiety in my life. And it didn't seem like things would get better. But somewhere in my head, I knew that this is all just passing. I understand this. I understand this on a clinical level. I understand this on a scholastic level because I studied it. And I understood where I was it's very interesting to have studied this and then have to experience it yourself. Mm. You understand where you are and you understand why you're doing the things you're doing. And I feel for everybody out there that has this, that doesn't understand that and doesn't understand that it's a struggle to pull yourself out and that there is hope on the other side. And honestly, you know, there's people here that can't get past that, be it because of, you know, neurotransmitters because of chemicals, because of serotonin, because of this, because of dopamine, because of that. Um, it's just, it's eye-opening, you know? I feel for people now. I, it makes me feel differently towards other people out there in the world. Yeah. Are you on medication now? Oh, no. I, I never took uh, medication because... Um, there are different types of depression. The type of the it was suggested that I could take it, um, but I understood also because I have studied this um, that mine would be a passing sort of depression. It it would go as things got better because it was situational. My depression was because of situations. It wasn't because of these harder underlying medical things. So because I knew that, because I had that education in that, I did actually refuse um, any medications, any any sort of psychotropics. And I chose to do therapy, which didn't help. <laughs> actually, therapy yeah. didn't help me at all. Uh, <laughs> besides, besides, it just gave me someone to talk to, and yeah. that only really helped a little bit. Um, it, but it all was just, for me, it was just um, being headstrong and knowing that I had to weather the storm at that given point. Yeah, but it's always good for therapy having someone who's unbiased hear you spill out whatever you need to spill out and just having that sounding board there and no, no one who's not passing any judgment on you and just to hear you, you know, isn't it? It's really good to have that. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And um, not that my parents would pass judgment on me, not that my ex at that time, who, by the way, still actually offered me support and he gave me he did give me a lot of support um during after our breakup when i was going through all this he wasn't there you know the most for me but he still did offer me support my parents did offer me a resounding amount of support um but being able to go to someone and verbally discuss the things you were feeling and why you're feeling them sorry um was it wasn't cathartic, 
but it was nice to be able to vocalize these things to someone. I vocalized it to my friend Sarah. Uh, my friend Sarah is actually my best friend in the whole wide world. Mm-hmm. I've known her since the sixth grade, and I could tell I could tell Sarah anything. But that's fine. But Sarah's always going to take my side for everything, and she's always going to put me over as you know the best of this, the best of that. You know, this mm-hmm. is you. You're fucking. You are who you fucking are, and this and that. But it was nice to tell someone who didn't know me and to see this person's reactions, um, be it of disgust because of what I was telling her or sympathy or whatever without knowing me. And obviously my therapist reserves herself and she tries to be unbiased, but she's still human as well. And this is the thing about therapists. They're all human. And so they all do have reactions. Mm-hmm. And it depends on your relationship with your therapist on how those reactions are. You know, she could be upset that maybe it is Sunday and I'm not having a good day. So early in the morning, I decided to get some beer and just get through this day knowing that I'm using alcohol as a crutch, for Mm. example. But then talk to me and say, I know you know better. I know you know what you're doing. I know you're not going to do this often. Please watch yourself. You know, something like that. Um, it, it was it was helpful to a point, but at the end, it was just like you said, it was just an unbiased ear. Mm-hmm. Wow, wow. But you don't see the therapist anymore, right? Is that something you don't do anymore? You still do once no. in a while? No. Okay. No, I haven't. I haven't seen the the therapist. Gosh, it's been a very long while. But she had told me that at any given point that I want to go ahead and go see her again. I'm more than uh, able to go see her again. I, I feel like it's been about a year. Wait, where are we? 2020? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 2020. We're in 2020. I don't, I don't even remember the last time I've seen her. I started seeing her 2017. I saw her for a year. So I'll be going to 2018. Actually, I don't think I saw her for all of 2019 and definitely not 2020. Yeah. Um, she knew and she told me that I understood what I was going through, and we both knew that it was just situational and it's something that's going to pass. And that, like I said, that's what benefited me is that I, I knew all this. I knew all this already. I knew this from studying. So yeah. it was going to pass. Like like the like the old biblical saying, this too shall pass. And yeah. it did. Yeah. It definitely did. Wow, you had a rough couple of years then. But you know what I'm saying? Like, what does it kill you makes you stronger, right? And... And, I don't know. Does it? Yeah. Well, I, does it? I don't know. I feel like I came back when I came back from surgery and everything. Yeah. I cut a promo because after I came back from surgery, I was slated to wrestle Brody King. Yeah. And in my promo, I definitely said, everybody says that they come back stronger. And I'm not sure I am, mm-hmm. but I'm coming back to take my damn spot. You know, I'm coming back to reclaim what is mine. I don't know if I'm stronger at that point. In, yeah. Um, but in 2018, I don't know if I was stronger at that point. Am I stronger now? Yes. I. I don't know. Wow. I, I don't know because there's always there's always this thing in the back of my head. Like there's always a fear that 
and this is going to sound very TMI, there's a very big fear that if I go pee right now, is there going to be blood in my urine? Am I going to have to go through this again? And obviously at some given point, I'm going to have to go through this again. That's the nature of tumors. Tumors come back. Um, But as strong as my mental command, I'd like to think that I have a stronger mental command. I like to think that I can deal with more. Is that for the best? I don't know. Mm-hmm. I, I, I don't, I can't say for certain that having to deal with a bunch of crap, like I dealt with this for the best. Yeah. Um, can I handle it? Yeah, I could probably handle it because I went through it before, but it doesn't mean that it's for the best. Am I stronger? That's a hard question. Yeah. I don't know if I can answer if I'm stronger or not. Yeah. <laughs> There's so much that you go through, and there's so much that I went through um, in a span of a year, fucking less than a year. Wow. Um, but, you know, here I am in 2020, living in a quarantine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm still single, which is, you know, a lot by my preference. Actually, I was just trying to start dating right before quarantine, and then quarantine well, happened. Yeah. Have you done? Have you done like the dating apps like Bumblefish and Tinder and any of that? Or absolutely not. No, um, <laughs> no chance. Uh, my friend, my best friend, like I was talking about, Sarah. Um, yeah. She got me to sign up for Match. dot com. Okay. At, at uh, the beginning of twenty eighteen, while I was still going through everything, um, she got me to sign up for that, and I like literally, I would swipe no on people so much that the app told me, okay, well, we're out, <laughs> we're out of scooters. <laughs> later. <laughs> really? That it's did? Not, it's not, yeah, yeah, I'm serious. They, t- <laughs> they told me that. Like, literally, we're out. Okay, well, we're done. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> but that's okay. Because it wasn't... It's hard. It's hard being a wrestler and in the business that we're in and to try to date someone outside of this business that's mm. seriously hard when i look at all these people um oh i have a dog and i have kids and i have a house and i love to go hiking don't get me wrong i love to go i actually do like to go hiking but mm-hmm. i love to do these things these things 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 and then you write your own profile out and then you're like oh what do you like to do mm. well I travel a lot. I'm gone a whole lot. You know those times that you have off on the weekends? I'm going to be gone for those times on the weekends. I'll probably be in a different state. If I'm not in a different state, I'm going to be here somewhere in California. And I'm going to be surrounded by guys. A lot of them are muscular. A lot of them are attractive. (laughs) Who wants to deal with that? What, What sort of... Let me put this out there. What sort of normal man wants to deal with a female who has gone on the weekends surrounded by all these attractive guys. Probably not a whole lot. Yeah, or you could say, you could you could, um, you could could equate it like for a guy dating a stripper or something like that too, or vice versa, you know? <laughs> oh, well, I mean, obviously, but yeah. it, it's just it's just the fact of the matter of that, you know, uh, today's a Friday. What am I going to do today? Well, okay, honey, I know you just got off of work and you want to spend the weekend with me, but I'm about to go down and drive from here to my friend Jesse, and I'm going to go pick up Jesse, and then we're going to pick up our friend Richard, 
and then me and them are going to drive down on a Friday night to San Diego, and we're going to go spend the night down there, and we're probably all going to go hang out and have a couple drinks and have some fun, and then we're going to wake up the next morning, and we're going to go to a wrestling show. Like, who wants to hear that? What guy wants to hear that? There's really not a lot of normal guys that would want to deal with that sort of stuff. So, obviously, then you look from the outside, inside, and then you try to treat within professional wrestling. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I guess so. Like you haven't, like, or you haven't found a civilian yet that could deal with your lifestyle. Then, right? Like, you haven't met somebody that way that could deal with it. Um, mm, not really. I would say no. Um, I have had potential suitors that aren't wrestlers who have already, who in those times that we were talking had a gotten annoyed with me because I'm going to be gone on the weekends. Yeah. Um, they're, you know, as of date right now, what are we, May? Oh, it's Bateman's birthday, May 19th. Yeah. Um, May 19th, 2020, there is, you know, at least one person that is trying to court, well, there's more than one person trying to court me and stuff, and I'm trying to explain to them, like, this is how it is. Yeah. But let me message you right now. But let me message you right now. But okay, right now is different than what it is when I'm not on quarantine. Right now is more accessible. Granted, we're on quarantine. I'm not going to go hang out with you. But you got to realize that when we're off quarantine, nearly, I say nearly, but it is actually pretty much every weekend of the month I am gone. Yeah. So what will you do then? You know, that's, that's not how your side of the gender <laughs> um, appreciates things. They want a female that is there. Yeah. And that will probably not be me. So my choices, in my opinion, are in the wrestling industry or entertainment industry because they understand the lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like I said, or it takes a special kind of person to deal with what you you know, with your lifestyle, with your job and whatnot. You know, it takes a special, a special type of person to deal with that. You would, you would think so. And <laughs> there was a suitor, there's a suitor that I've had recently who was from my high school. Oh, okay. Um, you know, he, he recently got contact with me. He lived his life. I lived my life as we did since high school. And he got back in contact with me recently, and he was seemingly very supportive of the wrestling lifestyle, you know. He tuned in to a couple podcasts that I did. He watched a couple live streams that I did, you know, this and that. But at the end of the day, he is very much a, a, a he's a traveler as well. He is a outdoorsman and this and that. And he wants to go do all these things. He wants to go hiking. He wants to take me hiking and this and that. He wants to take me to these falls. He wants to take me, you know, out on all these places. And I'm like, I will not. Okay, number one, I can't do that right now because it's quarantine. And I do not trust us going out into the wilderness by myself and then saying that, oh, yeah, we're stay six feet apart. No, that's not going to happen. <laughs> Come on. But the other part is want, you want something. And I feel like there's an attraction to people that are in entertainment type industries because you could admire that sort of lifestyle and be like, oh, but she does this and she does that. And it's very different from admiring that at a far and having to be involved in it. 
yeah. and having to be a person who's dating that person. And I say this as someone who has dated a wrestler. Like I said, I love in your relationship, and that was with a wrestler. And even that gets strained because we know that we have to go away and we know we have to travel. But you're going to go drop me off at the airport on Thursday or Friday morning. And then I'll see you in a couple of days. And that's if that you're still here when I get back. It's it's just, it's messy. It's, it's, it's messy. It's hard enough dating within your industry, but dating outside of it is a pain. Yeah. Ooh, it sounds like a lot of drama too, right? It's like, like you know. <laughs> no. no. Not, not no. like that? Okay. <laughs> no, I don't, I, don't, I don't think it's a whole lot of drama. I think, well, as an adult, as someone who is older than what's the typical wrestling age is in their 20s. Yeah. I'm, I'm older than my 20s. Um, so as an adult, I could deal with it. But, you know, that's me. That's, uh, I, I'm not everybody. Yeah. How has quarantine changed for you in California? Because I know there's different, different states or different rules. Wisconsin is sort of opening back up again. But how's everything in California by you? California at this given point, we are in the beginning stages of stage two. We're getting ready to enter the later stages of stage two, which means um, salons, nails, shops, all barber shops, all this is getting ready to open up. And our governor, Gavin Newsom, said that he is really ready to also let pro sporting events open up. However, the caveat is that these pro sporting events cannot have live audiences so we're looking at the Dodgers being able to play but there's no one in the stand yeah or maybe so what month are we <laughs> May. May, yep. Well, yep. what month are we on it's May okay so yep. we're still in baseball season right now yeah. sorry there's no plane flying overhead yeah no problem so we're we're looking at ourselves still being in um season and obviously at this given point we started March Madness so we have Lakers doing stuff too but when it comes down to wrestling wrestling is um, heavily relied upon audiences um, from where I am the first show in Southern California just ran which was this combat and they ran a show that was like a drive-in wrestling show so basically like drive-in theater but it's drive-in wrestling um, moving forward, June 6th, I will be doing a empty show, a no audience show for Level Up, which is run by B-Boy. And that'll be a no audience show. We're doing it very reliant upon a COVID nurse specialist that will be on hand. So there are a lot of restrictions that are coming up for this show. There are a lot of regulations. Um, it's going to be a show. It's going to be a no audience show. It's an appreciation show for nurses and doctors and stuff like that. Um, also very interesting thing about the show. Each match is going to have its own locker room. So it is contained. I guess mm -hmm. this is a good word. Yeah. Um, I think moving forward, it's going to be hard because, like I said, wrestling is very reliant on audiences. And not having the audience there is different.
different. We did something like this with Up All Night. I um, I produced Up All Night, which is a product of Santino Brothers. I would call it a brand extension of Santino Brothers Wrestling. Mm-hmm. And what we do is we do essentially studio wrestling where we don't allow fans or an audience in. The only people that are allowed to be in the crowd are if you are a student of Santino Brothers or a wrestler. So it's going to be very different coming up, at least for a while, or at least until we could be allowed to get people in there. And there's so many restrictions going on, and there's so many... There's so much protocol that we're going to have to follow, and it's really shitty, man. Yeah. (laughs) It's shitty. And I really wish that it didn't have to be, and I really wish that we could just be like, okay... If you're a wrestler or if you're in training here at Santina Brothers, that you come do this. But that's not the way it is. And God bless Joey Chaos. I understand exactly where he's coming from when he says that we're not going to do any of this until we are okay to do this, until her immunity kicks in or until there's a vaccination or this and that. I, I understand. I appreciate it. Mm-hmm. But it's just, it's just so much. There's... There's so much going on when it comes to coronavirus, and I'm so upset with it. <laughs> but this is the, this is the way it has to be, right? This is this is the endurance. This is where we show our character. Yeah, I know this is all like the, this is like the new norm now because like in my lifetime I've never like this is like my first pandemic ever and you know people compare it to the Spanish the Spanish flu or whatnot and it's just like everything shut down in the world globally this affected the world globally so like you know a lot of you know I'm, I'm still on furlough for a while and I know a lot of people are on furlough and um, it's hard for people to maintain and they get stir crazy be the house stuck or whatnot and and you know people have to like get along together if you're living with someone um has the isolation helped you out in any ways like just being to yourself or whatnot um well i would say the isolation hmm that's a good question um the isolation part I don't know if it's helped me out any. Um, I don't. I don't think that isolation has helped me out any. I'm not sure. Maybe uh, introverts. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm. I'm only slightly introvert. I'm also slightly extrovert. Um, what I got to do over isolation was get rid of stuff. Okay. Clean up. <laughs> yeah. I, you know, everybody's done this. They've they've gotten rid of stuff. They've cleaned stuff. Maybe they've read more than they intended to. I didn't. Everybody seemed to binge watch all these shows. I didn't binge watch a ton of shows. <laughs> I didn't do that. I, I I don't really like TV too much. Not that I okay. Not that I don't like TV too much. I don't like all these piddly dink shows. Like I didn't watch the exotic Joe Tiger King BS. I didn't. You know. <laughs> I didn't yeah. get involved in a show that I didn't already like, and as it is on a regular basis, I don't watch more than four hours of TV regularly, so that that didn't bother me. Um, I spent more time with my family. Oh, okay. Uh, being being my mom and my dad, my mom and my dad uh, are, my mom is 
74, 75. My dad is 70. So when it came time for, mm -hmm, when all this happened, I decided that there's only me and my brother. So I was going to help my parents and I've been helping them. I go to the stores for them. I taught them how to go out on their own responsibly. But for a good chunk of the time already, I was doing everything for them as they had to go to Costco and pick up their pills. I would go in. I would, you know, don the mask and go in and, you know, weather the storm. But in all honesty, I don't think, and this is, I'm going to say this and people are going to shit on me, I don't think it's that serious as they say because, there are precautions to take that you could take that will totally help you out. And this is not to say that I don't think coronavirus is real. This is not to say that I think that it's a conspiracy or anything like that. But I think that there are ways to go around it and that there are ways to still be able to live a normal life during all of this. But we can only live a normal life to a certain point, obviously, because all of this is going on. Yeah. And, you know, it has enough, you know, like you like you said, it gives you more family time and, you know, it, it puts a lot of things in perspective and whatnot. And, you know, like there's people who are getting unemployment. There's people who are still working, who are essential. They're like, you know, a lot of people like I think they should be hazard pay for like the people who work at Walmart or the people who work at a grocery store, like for everybody that's still working that, you know, they're not getting a bonus extra $600 on their check or whatnot, you know, it's just, it's, I don't know, the system is kind of fucked up in a way. Yeah, I don't, like, and and a lot of this I don't know because I, my job, my job job was professional wrestling. Professional wrestling is 99% under the table. This is all, you know, cash hand you know, this and that, if you're going to report it, you're going to be an independent contractor when you're filing your taxes. Mm-hmm. And I'll say, I'll say straight out, I haven't filed my taxes for the last two years. So when it wow. came to unemployment, can I apply for unemployment? Probably not. And that is because everything I got was hand to me, hand to me, hand to me. This is money to me, to me, to me. Mm, okay. And I don't even, I'm not even sure that I made enough. No, I'll tell you straight out. You know, just from wrestling alone, I didn't make enough to have to file taxes. Oh, I see. Um, did I make enough to support myself and to, you know, pay for everything? And this obviously, if I wasn't, I wouldn't be doing it. But do I have to file taxes? No. So when it comes time to what we're doing now with coronavirus and applying for unemployment, I don't have anything to show. So can I file for unemployment? Nope. Oh, shit. I mean, that, that's, that, that's fine. Yeah. Honestly, that's fine. I do... I do have a day job. Oh, okay. Uh, but it's not the best day job. My day, jo- my day job, as it is, is maybe 15 hours a week because that is the schedule I needed and this is why I took this day job. My day job is working with uh, two children. Uh, it was one children, one child, yeah. and, but now it's two children. And um, uh, one is a boy who is autistic and I'm going to use my psychology degree to help him with his therapy and this and that. The other is a newborn girl. She is not autistic, so I'm working with these two children, but I'm only making, you know, at maximum, maximum 15 hours a week by choice yeah. because I was doing wrestling. So this person 
was gracious enough and she has me working with her children but it's not enough to actually file and this is what is I guess you say accountable or credible income because this was with my only stable supportive income wow Oh shit, Ruby. Woo. I mean, but 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 in the grand scheme of things, like yeah. I said, I, I I lost seventy five percent of my income because I can't do wrestling. But this is what two months now that we're doing this. Yeah. It's out here in California, uh, March fifteenth or twentieth was when we started. We're now May. You know, two months later, we are we are two months later. And um, if at over the last two, three years, I've been able to save up enough for myself where I could still pay my bills and I could still pay my car payment and all this and that on all the money I made from wrestling that I've been squirreling away. And we're looking at June opening stuff up. Um, this includes wrestling, in my opinion, because, you know, we could do the non, non-audience shows. So that's at least a little bit. Yeah. You're going to be a smart business person over those last couple of years. You should have been able to squirrel away enough to support yourself. And if not, then you have your merchandise to help support yourself. And you have your online stores to help support yourself. And for the people that have the pro, pro wrestling teeth shop, then you should have more because you're reaching a larger audience. I don't know. I don't know if that makes sense. Yeah, no, no, it does. Like, there's other ways you can still have an income, you know? Yeah, and definitely. And they're. For the very first month, when this all started in March, you know, I started pushing my merch heavily. Now I'm I'm out of merch. I don't have anything else. I don't have any. I'm out of stickers. I'm out of buttons. I'm out of shirts. I'm out of everything. All I have is my. I have these little uh, swag packs that are like five bucks. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna have to sell so many of these if I need to make my car payment. But that that's not the case anymore because everything is slowly opening back up. Yeah. Slowly, Man, but yeah. coronavirus fucked us all. <laughs> yeah, I know. You know, because you keep forgetting that it's 2020. So going into 2020 now, um, coronavirus has affected everything. Um, it's like I think everybody's resolution is gonna for this year. They're gonna be glad 2020 is over. That's what I'm thinking. Everybody's New Year's resolution is gonna be now. I don't know. Is it? Yeah. Well, I'm saying it's almost like if you think about it, it's, we're like half the year already. It's it's gonna be June pretty much. You know, you can. It you can, is. So let's recap this year. First, we had January, and January is banging, and everybody's fucking, fuck yeah, 2020. We're going to go out there. We're going to get to do this. This is 2020, and we're going to fucking own the year. Bam, 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 bam. Yep. <laughs> February, we're, we're starting on those goals in February, and we start charging it, we start charging it, we start charging it. And at the end of February, I got to wrestle for Suburban Fights, which is one of the spots that I really wanted to wrestle for. And I got to wrestle for them. And during that match... I decided to protect my opponent's head, and my elbow took the brunt of a hit, and I busted open my elbow, <laughs> oh. and uh, that sucked. That was February like 29th or something. We were we were at the end of February, and it was late. Leap year? Am I in the right? I'm in the right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Am I in the right? I think I'm in the right month. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Beginning of, uh, here I am, I got a popped open elbow, I fucked it up really bad, I was in the ER, 
I went to the ER again. <laughs> I had to go get stitches and this and that. And then there's ground zero at the beginning of March out here, and I couldn't compete because my elbow was still so jacked up from how badly I popped it open. So Douglas James took my spot out here in California for that match, and I still was down in San Diego for it. And I did commentary for like three matches that night, and I saw my match come and go. Doug did freaking amazing. Yeah. And then right after that, I you know I stayed with B-Boy a couple of days, and then quarantine happened. Yeah, I know. And so... And, but, but for a lot of people, we're, we're all charging, charging, charging. January, February, hell yeah. March, well, this is where we start to slow down because our state is slowing down and we're coming to a halt. And first, at first, it's like, okay, well, two weeks. We need to do something for two weeks. We need to quarantine for two weeks because obviously two weeks is the marker. Two weeks is when coronavirus will show up in your system. And that extended from two weeks yeah. to three weeks to four weeks to here we are at the end of May. And it's been over eight weeks and everybody's just looking for the outlet. And will we still charge 2020? Yeah. Will anybody still? Fuck yes. At least for me, fuck yes. I will still charge 2020. This is just a pause. You know, we still, you know, don't give up. Don't yeah. give up. Everything seems so fucking bleak. Yeah. I'm sorry, I'm cussing. No, 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 you, so, can, you can say whatever you... So, <laughs> yeah. Everything seems so damn bleak. Yeah. But it's not. And all these goals that you have were just pushed back for a month and a half, for two months. You could still have these goals. Did you want to be a wrestler? Did you want to charge the scene that bad? Well, guess what you have? You have two months to lift weights, if you have weights, to do body work weight, to go lose weight, to do all these things, and, and we should be doing them. It's, it's, we have two months, two months of not doing anything so far. Why aren't you doing them? Yeah. So let's do them, you know? I know, especially in my state of Wisconsin, some of the bars are already op opening, and then there's like social distancing rules where there's like six people, ten people at a bar, or whatnot, and um, the takeout foods are like diners are already opening. Some people are already allowed to be inside, so everything is opening back up slowly but surely. But I think the beaches are still closed. Are the beaches closed in Cali? Depends on where you live. Oh, really? Um, Okay. Yeah, because California is, and I, this is what I appreciate about Gavin Newsom and what he is doing with California, which I think you take and extrapolate to all the United States. That's just me. California is so big. We're not Texas big, obviously, but we're, we're yeah. big. We encompass most of the western coast. But San Diego is different than L.A., is different from Ventura County, is different from Santa Barbara, is different from... You know, all these places in Northern California, if you go, I live in Ventura County. If I go to my beaches here, we can't park, but we can go to the beach. You can't sit at the beach, but you can go surfing, you can go surf fishing, you can do all these things. If you go literally about half an hour north of me to Santa Barbara County, you can go sit at the beach and you can go lay out and you can go enjoy the beach and you can park at the beach. There's parking at the beach and you can actually use it. This is only half an hour north of me, at most, at most half an hour. If you go south of me and you go down towards LA, you can't do that and you can't park there and you can't do this and you can't even, like, it's, 
different. Obviously, L.A. County is pretty much at the center of this disease when it comes to California. Yeah. Keep going south, and then you got Sandy, uh, Orange County, which you've seen, <laughs> which people call the Florida of California because they're protesting and everybody wants to go to the beach there, which is fine. Yeah. Go south more, and then you got San Diego, which has lower amount of cases. So it just, it, it just really depends. And like I said, why I appreciate Gavin Newsom is because he understands that California is so vast and we have such a diverse split between cases when it comes to L.A. where you're living on top of each other to where I am, Ventura County, where we have only 230-some active cases. Yeah. And that's for all of Ventura County. You go down to L.A. County, that, that number is much different. Yeah. So... It, it just really depends. Yeah, it's just wow. I know, like, it's crazy. I think the beaches, because I'm, I, I, I used to live in New York. I know the beaches. I think are closed for the whole month of June. I believe. I think they're closed permanently until next year. I think I'm not really, hundred percent sure. But um, a lot of places either open or not. I guess it depends on the state. Like who gets hit with the most. Like who, like which state gets you know has the most. Cause I know it's mandatory in New York where you have to wear a mask if you go shopping or you get like a thousand dollar fine or something like that. But here you can wear a mask. You you don't have to wear a mask. There's people who wear it or don't wear it when they go to a Walmart or whatnot. Um, is, is there a lot of people in your town that is it like? The mask, or like, are you supposed to wear it, or is it like, you know, people wear it or they don't, or is it? You know? Well, to my understanding, yeah, and I could be wrong. To my understanding, Trump said that if you're going out into public, that you're supposed to wear a mask. Mm, okay. And then this could have been at a different point or whatnot. Uh, things probably have changed since I understood that that we were all mandated to wear a mask when we go out in public. Um, now, if we want to go into politics, then you have states' rights. And what we got here in California is that an example of states' rights, where in California, like I said, Gavin Newsom said we have different rules on locality. Here where I live in Ventura County is that most of the grocery stores, you have to wear a mask to go in, yeah. which is fine. It, it, it's, it's it's no big deal. In my opinion, it's no big deal. Hell, I used to wear a mask for my entrances. <laughs> <laughs> That's true, yeah. You know, yeah. I, I wore a mask for such a long time. It doesn't bother me. Everybody looks like me now. Hey, cool. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, you know, it's, it's, it's not like that everywhere. If I'm going to go to a Vons or a Johns, or I've seen it in the mid middle, <laughs> mid-states as a Johns or a Ralph's or whatever they're, what do you have? Um most of them are you're going to have to go through this um if you go to liquor stores and i say uh liquor stores not in the utah or oklahoma sense um convenience stores out here that also sell a whole ton of liquor and beer and this and that um, a lot of them don't care a lot yeah. of them for where i live are just like okay go ahead come in um just Two weeks ago, I was down in Orange County, and I went to a Total Wine or something like this. Um, essentially a Besmo. I don't know if you know what that is. It's basically a, a, a Walmart of booze and champagne and all this and that. Um, this is in Orange County, and a friend of mine met me there, and I asked him, I'm like, do I need my mask? He's like, uh, they've never told me anything. 
So it, it, it's a locality here in California, and that's what I appreciate about us right now. And a lot of people are giving Gavin Newsom, like I said, our governor, a bunch of crap for this, but we're so big. Like, how could you say that what is good for one county is good for another county? Like, we have a county that has, you know, 20 cases of coronavirus. Why would you subject everybody in that county to have to mask, to have to, you know, not allow people in your stores unless they're having a mask? You know, it's, not, it, it, it's, it's hard. It's hard to hear. It, it, it's not hard. It's common sense out here in Southern California. I think that we're going to have all these varying degrees of, quote-unquote, social distancing and, quote-unquote, um, restrictions for what we do. Uh, I don't know. There's going to be like a lot of restrictions everywhere for a long time, I think. I think probably close to the end of the year, hopefully everything will be some kind of the new normal, I would like to, you know, I like to call it now, but... Um, Honestly, you want to you wanna know my opinion on this? Yeah, tell me your opinion. I am absolutely ecstatic that, <laughs> that people aren't crowding me anymore. Like, honestly... Honestly, and I'm going to say this in earnest, and people are going to hate me for this. Uh-oh. Lay it on. <laughs> this, is, this is also wrestling-related. Okay. There is a tradition in wrestling where when you show up to a show that you go through and you shake everybody's hand. Mm-hmm. This is, this is what it is. This is how it's been. You go through, you're going to shake a uh, music guy. You're gonna shake audio. You're gonna shake uh, video. You're gonna shake your hands. Are you sitting in the ring? Let me shake your hands too. Are you wrestlers on the show? Let me hate to shake all your hands. Or are you here with a wrestler? Let me shake your hand too. Are you Jenner? Let me shake your hand. Let me shake your hand. I understand it. I've asked about it um, from Tyler Bateman, who was the man who broke me into this business. I, uh, you know, I asked about the shaking thing. I, I, you know, I understood it as that you shake everybody's hands because, and this is true. If they're there and they're working on the show, there is a point where you cannot do this show without them. That comes from the people that set up the ring. I cannot wrestle in a ring unless you set up the ring for me. Thank you. Let me shake your hand. I cannot make my entrance unless you play my music for me. Thank you. Let me shake your hand. (laughs) You know, I can't wrestle without a referee. Thank you. Let me shake your hand. I will take all the heat for this. (laughs) <laughs> I really got sick of shaking everybody's hand. This is not... This, <laughs> I know. This is not to say that I do not appreciate you, that I do not understand what you do, that I don't get it. I got sick of getting sick. Yeah. Literally. I get sick so many times a year, and the thing I brought it down to is I shake so many people's hands on a regular basis, and then I'm getting sick, and then I'm passing on this sickness... To this autistic boy and his sister. Oh. Because I'm fucking sick. <laughs> you know, I don't, it's not that I don't appreciate you, but we're spreading germs. This was my take. This was my take before coronavirus. So you can put this down as a hot take. <laughs> <laughs> as a bad take. As whatever take that you want to take this as. But I honestly was getting fed up with it. And fuck. Summer in 2019 maybe even spring, I stopped shaking everybody's hands. Oh. I stopped shaking everybody's hands, and I started giving them the fist bump or the elbow tap. Unless, big unless, unless you were a legend, because I understand that I probably should not explain my way out of this. 
But there was a couple times where I'm going up to wrestlers and they want to shake my hand and I threw them the elbow or I threw them the fist bump. And uh, one person in particular, I'll say Wade Thompson, um, <laughs> out here in, uh, he's, he's from Vegas, but he works in Southern California a lot. Yeah. I, I gave him the elbow tap and he looks at me and he's like, what, you're too good to shake my hand? And I said, oh, absolutely not. I am not. But I will tell you straight out, I am sick of getting sick from everybody. In one year, I literally got sick six times. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> this is way more that I need to get sick, and I know where it's coming from. I know it's because I'm sitting there, and I'm shaking everybody's hands, and obviously I'm not going to think twice to okay. Well, now let me go do sanitizer because I just shook so many people's hands, and people show up to shows sick. <laughs> Wrestlers show up to show sick. Audios show up sick. Videos show up sick because I don't blame them. It's because that this is part of their income for the month. Yeah. If a wrestler gets sick, if he gets a cold and he doesn't show up, that his one show for a month at minimum, you know, that he's missing out income. And if you're someone who's, you know, doing $100 for a show, 150 for a show, you know, that's a chunk. That's a chunk of your income. I get it. I get it. But yeah. for me getting sick and also passing this on to the children that I work with, which I have done. Yeah. It, it, it's not worth it. So let me just elbow bump you and let me just fist bump you. You know, let's do this the easy way. So that was me. I, I, I hated the handshake. <laughs> and I am okay. I am okay. I, I hated it for a reason, for, for a very good reason. And I am okay with these new social distancing. I am okay knowing that we could just nod at each other or maybe elbow bump each other. <laughs> and out in public is the best because if you ever want to have a good shopping experience, be it for groceries or maybe you got to go buy some underwear and socks, mm -hmm. do this. Throw on a set of earphones, play your favorite song, and obviously now throw on a mask and go out shopping. <laughs> and that is the dopest thing right now because everybody's staying away from you and you get to go and look at this whole section of socks by yourself <laughs> <laughs> and be able to listen to some music and shop for socks in person without being crowded by all these people and having people up on you and having people touch you or anything like that because I really, I, I just, I loathe that and I, I, I enjoy it that I could go do that and shop right now and just throw on my headphones and be okay and know that nobody's going to come around me. Yeah. Well, at least now, at least you're not Netflixing or well, quarantine and chilling now. You're quarantining with yourself with that now, so. I'll quarantine myself. That's fine. <laughs> uh. It doesn't, it doesn't bode well when you're trying to date people, but it's fine. Yeah. Well, if you can't love yourself, who else could you love, basically, you know? If you can't love yourself. Exactly. You know? Um, winding down with you, Ruby. Um, wow, I appreciate the conversation. I appreciate your honesty about everything you're going through in life. Um, um, what's I was going to say, what's been your biggest disappointment? But it's like, you you know, there's a lot of things going on in your life, so it's kind of a, a redundant question. But, um... 
you know, how do you like stay so positive? Like with everything that you've been going through, like, you know, you're, you're, I'm sure people hearing this, you're going to be like an inspiration for a lot of people like shit. Like she got over this shit, semi truck and cancerous tumors and all the shit that she's going through 11 year relationship going, you know, and she still has a positive attitude about it. Um, how, how are you doing it? Like, you know, what's, you know, not that you have the magic secret, but like how, you know, besides therapy and whatnot, like, how are you doing it? Like, what's the secret? I don't even count therapy. Honestly, I don't count therapy. Really? Okay. Um, know that you'll get through it. Yeah. Honestly, know that you'll get through it. Never doubt your strength. Nobody should ever doubt their strength because at any given point, we're stronger than we ever give ourselves credit for. And you know this deep down inside. You may not feel it. But you'll know it when you get there. Yeah. That's awesome. And um, winding down with you, my final question for you for tonight is, what would the ruby of today tell the ruby of yesterday? You'll be okay. I mean, that, and then that, that's all there is to it, and that is all there is to life, is that you'll be okay. Yeah. Make sure that you know to live and always live. Uh-huh. When you love, love with your heart and don't regret it, no matter how, <laughs> no matter how bad it turns out. And believe me, it's turned out bad for me before. Yeah. Um, don't regret it. Giving genuine emotion because you feel it. Don't regret giving out love because you feel it. Don't regret giving out adoration because you feel it. Don't give out. Just don't regret it because just because what you felt was genuine and just because that person took it as not or because that person took it and fucked it up for you doesn't mean that what you felt wasn't right. And there are so many times in life where people don't say what they want or don't say what they feel because they're afraid of the consequences, but what you feel is right and never doubt that. What you feel is genuine and don't doubt that. The only people that have anything to hide or afraid are afraid that, you know, the best way to say this is, this is hard to say. I was just, I was just explaining this to someone. I don't regret anything I ever felt, anything I ever said, if it was genuine, because I felt it. Just because someone else fucked it up for me doesn't mean that my intentions weren't pure mm-hmm. be pure be like water understand that everything will change and try not to have to hold on to things that are changing because holding on to those things is what will make you upset yeah man ruby i swear like we haven't talked in a few years but every time we talk it's like it gets into deep you know the last for the first conversation it was fun and games and we had like a lot of sexual talk and whatnot but this one is like you was really serious and whatnot and wow like everything that happened to you i'm just kind of shocked and i'm glad i'm glad you're okay and you know shit i'll always be okay you'll always be okay everything will always be okay you know why because that's the way it's supposed to be. Just fucking go with it and let go and ride the waves and listen to what the universe is telling you. Yeah. yeah. 
Um, before I let you go, um, how's how's your body, body wise? Like, are you like you're like you know? Have you been healing up or whatnot? Nagging injuries or whatnot? Like, oh, of course. Yeah. The, the the weird the weird and the fucking crappy thing about this whole quarantine and not being a wrestle yeah. is uh is the fact that obviously your bodies have healed, so I'm very afraid <laughs> of getting in the ring again. How this is gonna feel? And what's very odd is there are new emerging emerging naggings in my wrist and whatnot that are coming coming to fruition because I haven't used them and whatnot. So maybe I need to get back to you know hitting my hitting my hands on the canvas because yeah. obviously it's needed. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, Ruby, you're amazing. Um. Thank you so much, uh, Ruby. Uh, promote your social media. Promote um, anything where people can find you. Ah, uh, babies, babies, babies. You could find me on all social media under the name Razor Pops. That's R A Z E R P O P S. Razor Pops. That's that's where you can find me. Or look for Ruby Rays. You'll find me. <laughs> Ruby, you're amazing. You're gorgeous. You're great. Um, thank you so much. And um, hopefully we'll talk again sooner than later. And um, hopefully once everybody starts, you know, could go to wrestling shows, they'll see you back in action once again. And, you know, they'll... I'm sure you will. Look for me. Look for me on the East Coast because I have I had a bunch of dates like them on the East Coast and they will come back around again. Oh. Find me. Ladies and gentlemen, that was Ruby Rays, and I hope everybody out there was intellectually stimulated by way of mobile devices. Have a good one, folks.